Looking for inspiring destinations, incredible places to stay, and the most exciting bucket list experiences to travel to next? Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over 100 countries, Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy. centuries, London has been a top travel destination. Famous for its medieval history, the capital city of the United Kingdom has something to offer every traveler. Fashion and culture, fish and chips, music and theater, history, landmarks, and even royalty can all be found here. Today we'll talk with Sophie Malerba, an official London Blue Badge guide who will give us the ins and outs of the city. Plus, we'll speak to the official hotel of London Fashion Week and the London Film Festival, the Mayfair Hotel. Get ready to put London on your list of favorite travel destinations for both business and pleasure in this episode of Destination Everywhere, London. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Destination Everywhere. I'm Andy McNeil, along with Todd Bloodworth, and we are so excited to share with you today our experiences around the great city of London. We've been there numerous times, done so many great events, and had so many great experiences in London. But Todd, you have a very special tie to London. Why don't you tell our listeners what that is? So yes, my family actually comes from England. My last name is Bloodworth. And it goes all the way back to, you know, when we used to bleed deer for the king, which was kind of a lot of the last names came from job titles. Ultimately, somebody was knighted. You know, I come from Armstrong, I think, who were metal workers, and then Bloodworth, which were the bleeders. So when they were knighted, you know, they kind of got a little more status within the English community. And then in 1666, Sir Thomas Bloodworth was the Lord Mayor of London when it essentially just swept through all of London very rapidly. And ultimately, he was blamed for not bringing in the fire brigade, which ultimately led to his departure from London, bringing him to the States in North Carolina. So kind of the infamous history of the Bloodworth line as it relates to England, but all's well that ends well. So London is uh, England's capital city. It's obviously totally rebuilt now. It, it doesn't have a whole lot of skyscrapers, so it's really sprawling and just goes on with a population of over 8 million people. Um, so much to do, and it, it is so wonderful because it's kind of split into all these great tiny neighborhoods, and each one of them has their own style and culture, and it's just amazing. But it rains a lot. I've been lucky uh, the times I've go- gone and we were there just two years ago in the, over the holiday, and it was really beautiful weather. And summer from May to August is really, really gorgeous. But they have 156 days of rain a year. So you definitely want to pick your time. If you don't mind the rain, then go, because there's nothing more English than a, than a rainy afternoon, right? So, Todd, what have been some of your experiences there that um, you want to kind of convey to our audience? As an adult, one of the first great trips I can remember was going right before the 2012 Olympics. And, you know, the city was bustling. They were really showcasing the best of the city 
doing a lot of different things. You know, we went out to Wimbledon. You know, we just took the tube around everywhere and just popped up in different neighborhoods. And all of it was absolutely, you know, wonderful. But it's actually great to get out of that central tourist area, you know, kind of like any major city. You kind of be in the suburbs, yeah. Yeah, either go into the suburbs or just go out into the neighborhoods, like go to Notting Hill or just get out of that whole Westminster area where the tourists really, really gather up and just check out some of the smaller things. Because if you just walk down some of these side streets, you really feel like you're walking into some just very historic roads and the little pubs and the shops. It's It was absolutely gorgeous. So London is going to be our topic today, and it's going to be incredible. Todd, who's our first guest? Her name is Sophie Malarba. She comes from a hospitality and tourism background, but she is a blue badge guide in London. So she's going to share with us some of the secrets that she has about the city and and kind of her insider's perspective on London. So we're looking forward to speaking with her. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to all the great tips she's going to have because she knows where all the bodies are buried there. It's, It's going to be incredible. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back and you're going to meet Sophie Malerba and get the inside scoop on London. Being a blue badge guide in London, can you tell us what that entails? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Of course, in any city, you get a whole range of guides who offer all different things. Um, In London, we have something called a blue badge guide, and you can always tell one because they have one of these badges on. And it just means that you have the security that they know what they're talking about and they're getting it right. (laughs) And it's not just a summer job for them. It's a profession. It's a profession. That's great. Yeah. So to become a blue badge guide, it's very tough to get on the course. There's about 30 people a year on the course. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. You have an entry exam. And I didn't realize how much people revised to do that till I did it. And then you have um, an interview to get on the course. And it is incredibly competitive. And then it's a two-year course you do to become a guide. So the main sites of London, you learn inside out. You've got written exams, you've got practical exams. They want to make sure that you are of a really high quality standard so that we can keep the blue badge level up. And do the blue badge guides speak different languages as well to accommodate different areas? Absolutely, yeah. So every language you can come up with we'll have a guide who can speak that. And um, the language exams are actually very difficult as well. So you have to be of a very high standard to pass. Excellent. Well, we've been to London a lot of times. One thing I've always wanted to do is I wanted to have like a private tour of Buckingham Palace. Uh, Can you schedule that for me? I would love to. A private tour in terms of with a, a blue badge guide. Absolutely. In the summers, you can do that. Getting private access, unfortunately, the royals don't let us do that. We have the summer openings and she opens the staterooms, which are 52 out of over 700 rooms. You get to see the best 52 rooms. And then if you do that and then go and have a beautiful afternoon tea afterwards, it's just a fabulous afternoon out. Where's a great place to have afternoon tea? If you're going to pick your top three places to have afternoon tea, where would you send our listeners? Oh, I love that question. I love an afternoon tea. Um, If I was combining it with um, Buckingham Palace, when you come out, they kick you out the back of the palace. And you're very a hotel called the Goring Hotel, which is still a family run hotel. And that's where Kate Middleton stayed the night before she got married to Prince William. And oh, she good one. Out privately. It's also Charles and Camilla like to have tea there. And the Queen last Christmas, she gave her staff a Christmas party at the Goring. So it's got lots of nice role connection. Number two would be my personal favorite where I go. Um, it's a bit of a secret. So should I say, share? <laughs> <laughs> We only have 500,000 followers, so (laughs) don't worry about it. 
It's the Hamyard Hotel, which is a Firmdale hotel, so it's very design orientated. Beautiful interiors. And they do afternoon tea in there for £25, which is a steal in London. Does that come with the biscuits? Did you get the whole deal? You get the tea, some snacks? You get the tea, you get the three tiers. So you have the finger sandwiches on the bottom, which I ignore, I'm not into that. Then you get the scones with the jam and the cream in the middle tier. And the top tier, you get the cakes. Which takes me on to my number three suggestion, which is Fortnum and Mason, which is oh, my favourite place in London. And not only do you get the three tiers, but after you finish that, they then bring along the cake trolley with more cakes to choose from. So how big are the groups that you take around in London? Oh, they can be anywhere. I mean, I take couples around, so anywhere from two people. Um, I've actually done one a couple of times, which is interesting. 40, I mean, a coach load is probably your limit. Coach so you know 40 that's a big group that's a big group yeah i mean if i'm i work a lot with incentive groups and if i'm working with incentive groups then you don't really want to be doing more than 20 i would say do you prepare and like do you do a custom tour for them based on kind of their requests or is it kind of an out of the box which i can't imagine it is just an out of the box like i'm going to take you on london classic tour a how do you arrange your sites It's really just listening to your client and understanding what they need. So if if they want to offer, okay, we've got half a day there. I've always wanted to go to Westminster Abbey and the changing of the guard. Well, yeah, you do it. But it's much more exciting for someone like me and my colleagues if somebody does want to do something bespoke, something creative, if they can tell you about their interests and you know a quiet little corner or something interesting which matches that. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about some of those. I would love to hear some examples of some fun things that you've done with some of your clients. Yeah. What is the one thing that you've done that that you said that even surprises me? I was able to make that happen. Do you have one of those stories? Yeah. I mean, there's a a particular area of London, which I love, which is called St. James's. And I always say to people, whenever you're in London, just don't stay on the main streets. Just go to the side streets because everybody knows Piccadilly, but they don't know the side streets of St. James, which is next door, which is absolutely fabulous. So what I love doing with clients down there is you have a lot of shops which have royal warrants. So royal warrants means you produce goods and services for the royal family and have at least 10 years. And these are workshops, which often they can be three, 400 years old, these shops. So you speak to them beforehand and you can get your clients in, not only into the store, but you can get them downstairs into the workshop where it's like an Alice in Wonderland scenario. Talk to the people who work there, see the pride they take in their jobs and you know, create bespoke elements for people, which is just fabulous. And this is in the St. James area, is this all over London? That particularly is lovely in the St. James area. You've got our real historic boutiques. Um, You've got, for example, the Queen's Chocolatier, who actually inspired Willy Wonka in that story. Oh, fun. You've got this wonderful shoe store called Lobs, which, I mean, a pair of shoes are minimum paying £3,000, but seven people work on those pair of shoes. Oh, my goodness. You've got Lock & Co., which is the world's oldest hatters, um, which has been doing hats for the royal family for 300 years. It's just absolutely glorious. What are some funny stories that you have that you would just roll your eyes at and be like, really, you know, whether it's going up to one of the guards and trying to make them laugh, you know, just things like that. What should Americans not do when they're in London? Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I mean, that's a biggie what you've just said yourself. I mean, if anyone's seen the Mr. Bean skits, which most people have, you know, traditionally, our guards aren't allowed to have a reaction and you can just wind them up as much as you want. But what most visitors don't realise is that changed a few years ago. And so now our guards can have an appropriate reaction. 
I mean, I have to say, I shouldn't as a guide say this, but it's hysterically funny. <laughs> people doing it and the, the, the guards will literally get their guns. They'll point them in their face and they will scream, on guard. <laughs> Is that where on guard comes from? I don't think so, no. But it just, it just you see people jump six foot in the air and, and it, <laughs> it is funny. How about famous places uh, where movies have uh, taken place? Are there any that are easy to see and people would recognize right away? Okay, number one massive one is Harry Potter. With things like Notting Hill, it surprises me because I take people there and the young, younger people nowadays have no idea what it is. But although Harry Potter has age, you know, it's, it's not new by any means, people still love Harry Potter. But everyone's always interested. In, and the first movie, they did not know whether that was going to be a success. So they filmed it on site. And a lot of it is filmed in central London. Whereas from the second movie onwards, they had such an amazing budget, they just built all the scenes um, in the gotcha. studio. So there is there is so much you can see in central London, the Harry Potter. And some really, really lovely places like Leadenhall Market was Diagon Alley. And that's a beautiful place in London that most people wouldn't ever go to because the entrances are so tiny. And then funnily enough, the Corinthia, which I mentioned earlier, just behind there on a street called Great Scotland Yard, funnily enough, we have a lot of filming there. It's just one of those streets which has a lot of atmosphere. So I don't know if you've seen the film Doctor Strange when the whole street collapses in on itself. That's that street. But they also filmed Harry Potter on that street as well. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Great to know. Fast and Furious seem to be here on a weekly basis. <laughs> and the massive one, of course, is the series The Crown. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Big fans of The Crown. Oh, I love The Crown. So when I'm, when I'm guiding, you know, you see them filming a lot. You know, I was going to say, is the crown as big in the UK as it is in, in the US? And it appears that it is. Well, I actually, I, I heard about it from my, my clients and I kept guiding people and <laughs> they would know so much about our history, our modern history. And I'm like, how do you know this stuff? <laughs> Netflix. Yeah, it's a series called The Crown. So then I thought I'm going to have, I didn't have Netflix. It's not as popular here. Well, it wasn't as popular here. Um, and so, you know, I downloaded it and watched The Crown because, you know, everybody and even some of the stuff on The Crown, I didn't know and I looked it up and I thought, wow, that is true. So I would say the first two series is 95% accurate in The Crown. It's amazing. If someone wants to come in and they just want to do something off the beaten path, okay, you see Big Ben, The Tower, what are some things that you would recommend that are these bucket list items for people? Yeah, there's a particular area which people are loving at the moment, which is the East End of London. It's an area called Shoreditch. And it's really our creative hub of London. So lots of our media companies and creative industries and, and young people are living and working in that area. It's just next to the city of London, to the east of it. And it used to be for centuries, the poorest area of London. So it's been the area over centuries where immigrants have come over the years. And it's just given us this beautiful tapestry of building, of cuisine, of people. So there, not only do we have the best 18th century housing left in London, but we also have the most amazing street food and we have the most amazing street art. So most people nowadays are familiar with the, the street artist Banksy, who really, you know, started street art after the whole graffiti um, scene. You know, he started in the East End of London. So nowadays it's the holy grail of the world's best street artists. They all want to go to Shoreditch and put their mark down there. So you just have these wonderfully eclectic tours, which bring in some food tastings as you wander around. You're doing some street art, graffiti art as you wander around. And you're also learning about this most amazing history, which also is the area where um, the Jack the Ripper murders happened as well. 
That's fantastic. Well, Sophie, thanks for your time today. You've been absolutely great. But before you leave, we ask each one of our guests, people who are in the travel industry and in the know, our rapid fire questions so our listeners can learn from you about things that you've done that maybe they want to do. So you ready for our questions? Okay, off you go. If you live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be? I would love to live somewhere for a year. I'm, number one would be Buenos Aires, Argentina. And I would, le- I would learn the tango. Very nice. That's a beautiful, beautiful place. That's uh, going to be one of our next destinations. If you could travel with anybody famous or infamous, who would it be? That would be Her Majesty, Her Majesty the Queen. Oh, yeah. Well, you know you'd be going first class for sure, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you're packing for a trip, what is something that you take that would surprise our audience? Well, knowing that I'm from England, I don't know if it would surprise, but anybody else probably doesn't pack this. I pack tea bags. Ah. Because nobody produces a cup of tea as good as the ones that we have here. (laughs) And I'm always disappointed everywhere I go, so I've now learned to pack my own tea bags. You know what's funny? All of our friends that are British, the women, they all have tea bags in their purses. It's so funny. They pull them straight out. That's great. You know, even the big brands like Twinings, they taste different here. (laughs) You know, I've, I've tried them in other countries. It's not the same. So just a, a good English tea. Something. What's your favorite, just so we know? My favorite is Royal Blend from Fortnum & Mason. Okay, I'll have to write that down. I'm a, I'm a big tea drinker, so I'm going to write that one down. All right, and our last question is, what is your most memorable experience in London? So many. I'm very fortunate with my job. I do some amazing things, but I probably think my 40th last year, I got to do exactly what I wanted. So... Soho, fabulous area of London, really high energy. We went to Café Bohème, which is a wonderful bar. It flows out onto the streets, live music every night. Started there. We went to Ronnie Scott's, which is our oldest and most atmospheric jazz club. And there was Aubrey Logan that night, who I believe is from the US. She was fabulous. Then we went to a, a sticky, tiny, dark karaoke bar, and then we danced the night away. Uh, what a night. Can I ask one more question? Team Harry or Team William? Oh, you see, my entire life, I would have been, te- I was Team Harry, my whole entire life. Given the last one year, absolutely Team William. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true Brit. That's I'm great. I was there. I was there the whole time. pushed it too far. <laughs> great question. Well, Sophie, you've been an absolute joy. When Todd and I are in London, we're going to definitely have tea with you and get to know you and spend it, but spend some time with you. But thank you so much. So many great ideas. Go back, listen to this list that Sophie's given us everywhere from where you can have a great afternoon tea to where you can see where famous movies were made. Sophie, thanks so much for your time and join us on Destination Everywhere. That's my absolute pleasure. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you, Sophie. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Ah, man, wasn't Sophie incredible? Gosh, she has so many great ideas and little tips. No, absolutely loved her. And she's so passionate about what she does, which is even more inspiring. And, and you know, if you're going to have a tour guide, you want someone that really shows passion. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, she, she, she covered a lot, but we've got our top 10 bucket list items that you want to do when you're in London. So let's get started, Todd. What have we got? Well, you know, the first one, uh, Sophie did talk about some movie filming and, and locations, but obviously you'd be remiss to not bring up Downton Abbey. You can actually go behind the scenes of the fictitious Downton Abbey. It's actually Highclere Castle. And, you know, obviously it's got its fame from the show, but it also serves as a great venue for meetings and events, weddings and galas. 
board meetings so you can actually rent space out. And the estate also holds different day activities. It does team building, family events, and they even have their own cricket pitch with a, a private pavilion. So if you do have the time and you're a fan of the show, even if you're not a fan of the show, it's just an absolutely gorgeous space and uh, gorgeous landscaping. But go check out High Clare Castle. Yeah, I mean, for like if you're holding a group event or taking a, a group of people or having a wedding, you can do a day trip out there and do a team building event or a private event. I and mean, it's not that far from uh, downtown London. And it looks great on an Instagram page or Facebook page to have that in the background. All right. My uh, bucket list is camping out for tickets at Center Court at Wimbledon. It's a very organized event that you actually can uh, get your camper in there and get in line for it and spend the night uh, to purchase tickets to Wimbledon. And you're issued a card and then you get it. And it's just a great way to see one of the most iconic sporting events in the world. And it's in June every year. And the first 500 tickets are for Center Court. So you want to get there early. Well, and then earlier I talked about the 2012 Olympics, which were hosted there. So if you do have time, go check out Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park in Stratford. It was obviously the home of the 2012 Olympics, and it is open daily, and it's free to enter, but it does host the ArcelorMittal Orbit, which is the UK's tallest sculpture, and it has this corkscrew slide that's actually about 173 meters long. So what is that times three in terms of feet? And it's just a really neat place. It's a great experience. And you can even do the whitewater rafting, canoeing and kayak sessions that took place also during the Olympics. So if you're an Olympics fan and you want to get outside, go check that out. Absolutely. This one is great for individual or group dinners and definitely for foodies. So you can dine in a 1967 London tube card carriage at the Underground Supper Club. It's hosted in Walthamstow Pump House Museum, and you'll be dining in a decommissioned London tube cart. And we have a multi-course meal and it holds up to 35 guests. So if you have a big group and it also features known guest chefs, so you might get to meet one of London's famous chefs or upcoming chefs. And this next location we think you should definitely check out is it's iconic on so many levels, but it's Wembley Stadium. And I was saying the first time I had heard about Wembley was during the Live Aid concert back in 1984. I'm showing my age but so many great concerts have been performed there. And now it's a 90,000 seat football stadium. We won't call it soccer because we're talking about London. If you saw the movie about Queen. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The, end, the ending was Bohemian Rhapsody. Stadium. Yeah. But just a great space and iconic on so many levels. It was actually, I think, rebuilt in 2007. The original was demolished, but definitely upgraded and, and worth the trip. Awesome. So I've got something completely opposite for those who like a lot of history. Visiting the campus at Oxford, it's the actual the birthplace of universities, and it's a great historic experience. And they give you insight to the history of the education, as well as showcasing some of the amazing architecture of their buildings. So that's a great day trip. And another, you talk about education, we actually went to Eton, and that was really neat to see as well. You see all of the kids and they wear the robes still. Yeah, they look like Harry Potter. I think that's the vision for Hogwarts as Eaton. Yeah, it was fascinating to see. I, th I just thought that was great. And that's actually right by uh, what castle, Todd? By Windsor. By Windsor Castle, right, right next to it. Just go over the bridge and you're right there downtown. So another great one that I thought was just absolutely fascinating, they actually have something called London's Open House Festival. 
And this is a weekend event in September, and it gives the public free access to building, which usually aren't open to the public, which is really neat. It gives you access to private spaces, private homes of the rich and famous, churches, museums, schools, and different offices. And it's you have guided tours and activities. And what's really neat about this is the Tower of London actually has a 150-year-old pub in it called the Yeoman, Yeoman Warders Club. And it's only open to families that live within the castle. It's Yeoman guards and their guests. And the only time this pub is open to the public is during London's open house weekend. So if you're there in September, get more information on it ahead of time and check it out. Awesome. I've got a really eclectic one, and it's called Catch a Movie at the Eclectic Cinema or Rent It Out for a Private Event. And the Electric Cinema is a venue that has giant plush chairs with side tables and lamps and footstalls and cashmere blankets. So very classic. And it serves really as a, a really unique location to do an event like a press launch or a screening or a presentation or a conference. Venue comes equipped with technology, food and drinks. So that's a great one for all of our people who are planning on taking a group to London. This next one, everybody, and this is generational, but I think it's cross generations at this point is Harry Potter. You know, you think of London at this point and there's a whole generation of kids and young adults that instantly think of Harry Potter. So the Warner Brothers studio is just outside of London and you can take a tour of the Harry Potter set, which is something that I have not done, but I want to do. And now that I have kids, I wanna do it even more. But it's a 20-minute train ride from London. You get to see the exact costumes worn on the set. You get a glimpse of the Sorcerer's Stone, the Golden Snitch, which is the little Quidditch ball, other famous props. And you also walk through Harry's House, Diagon Alley, and the Hogwarts Express. So how cool would it be to just go kind of experience that, especially since we've all seen the movie so many times? And you'll also learn about how the sets were built and other fun special effects, you know, little tidbits about the movie. So it's actually just a great tour. That's awesome. So speaking about your inner child, you can channel your inner child at, at our next one, which is the uh, Bally Ballerson cocktail bar. And it's a, actually, it's a ball pit as well. And it, it's complete with live entertainment, drinks and balls. And you purchase tickets ahead of time uh, for the bottomless brunch. And they also have an evening experience and the space can be rented out for private hire as well and serves as a fun glow-in-the-dark venue for after-work gatherings or for corporate events. It's a great one. So the Ballerson uh, Cocktail Bar. And if you're an animal lover, this next one is for you. You can actually spend the night at the ZSL London Zoo. And this was actually voted 2020 Best Visit London Experience of the Year. So you can stay in an on-site lodge near the lion exhibit and you get to experience exclusive after-hours tours, day entry to the zoo, dinner, meal, and breakfast. So it's an overnighter, but you do get some amazing access into the zoo. So that's definitely one to check out. Awesome. And one thing you have to do and make sure everyone puts this on their bucket list is you have to have an afternoon tea. And then there's also themed afternoon tea parties and they're custom done with all different types of themes, but lots of local restaurants have them. And there's themed ones as a midsummer summer night stream at the Shakespeare Globe Theater, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Harry Potter, Mad Hatters, and even tea parties with cats. So any types of tea parties there are, they're different themes. So make sure that you look that up and find one that's special for you. Yeah, the themes are great. But just going to a classic tea at one of the hotel tea rooms, it's quite an experience. 
And speaking about a great place to have afternoon tea, the Mayfair Hotel. And that's going to be our next guest with Angie Kegel. She's going to give us all the secrets and things that they do that make the Mayfair Hotel so special. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back with Angie. At AMI, we're passionate about meeting connections that change lives. For over 20 years, we have traveled our clients all over the globe, supporting their business goals and helping them stand apart. From hotel sourcing to audiovisual magic, we'll make your corporate meeting or event second to none. Go to AmericanMeetings.com to learn more. American Meetings, AMI, meeting planning perfected. Welcome back, everyone, to Destination Everywhere. I'm here in London having a great time, and we are going to be visiting with the Mayfair London, and I've got Angie Kegel here. She's the Director of Sales for the Mayfair London. She's been in industry for over 20 years, holding positions such as Corporate Sales Manager, Director of Leisure and Group Sales, Business Development, and Director of Sales, and she's actually originally from Sri Lanka, so maybe we can spend a second talking about that, but she has called the UK home for 25 years and the Mayfair Hotel, an iconic hotel right in London, is the official hotel of the iconic London Film Festival and the London Fashion Week, and they host extraordinary events, and we're going to talk to her about that as well. So welcome, Angie Kegel. Glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andy. Great to be here on the show with you. The Mayfair Hotel just has so much history. You have history with musicians and royalty. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of those things that have influenced the hotel from the 1950s and 60s all the way to today? Absolutely, Andy. If we go back further, you're looking at 1927 when the Mayfair was steeped in history and when she made her grand entrance into the scene in London in 1927. And so the first college show around of the hotel or visit was by King George V and Queen Mary. So they viewed the hotel personally a day before it officially opened. And there is a plaque in the lobby that denotes that that point. So yes, when you're next in London, make sure to pop around by the reception desk and, and you will see it on the wall just by reception. And you guys also do some really, really high-end events. So you actually are the official hotel for London Fashion Week, right? That's got to be amazing. Absolutely. Transforms the hotel. And we've had that and we've enjoyed that partnership for, we're going into our 12th year now. So we've had that since, I believe, 2007. And that partnership has gone from strength to strength. Parallel to that is the London Film Festival, which is a partnership with the BFI. But going back to the London Fashion Week, I'd love you to be in London during that time in February and September. So it happens twice a year for the Fashion Weeks. And what happens is we have a designer in residence throughout during that period of time. They can dress me up? Absolutely. As long as you're willing to be part of the window display, Andy. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. So it's on that condition and I have it in good stead right now and it's been recorded as well. So you will be one of our window displays. But yes, it's a great time to be in London during February and September each year. The windows get transformed, they unveiled during London Fashion Week. And during that period, we have a designer in residence that curates the window and it becomes a design feature. It becomes an exhibit, really, of the designer's influence for London Fashion Week. And to commemorate the window displays as well, we have accompanying cocktails, which you should really participate in. 
in the Mayfair bar. So generally we have about three to four cocktails that are specifically curated during London Fashion Week that we partner with the designer in residence to come up with and curate it. So yes, it's, it's a fun time to be at the hotel. Hive of activity. Let's talk a little bit about the film festival. Absolutely. So we partner with the British film, with the BFI, which is the London Film Festival, and that place takes place around October each year. And what that means is the Mayfair Hotel is the host hotel. And again, the hotel becomes the hive of activity for all of the interviews and press junkets and previews that take place during that week. And we participate to become one of the key sponsors of one of the frontrunner movies. And so 2019 was the marriage story. And prior to that, exactly prior to that, it was the front runner. So we have a lot of engagement as part of that event where, again, you would be walking around and probably not knowing who you're walking past, but that could be somebody very influential. And there were some interesting, fun stories around the sort of premiere and the screening of it, etc. at the hotel. Because the Mayfair Hotel does have a private theatre cinema that seats 201. And so it ties in really well with events such as the London Film Festival. And that's really, really unique for a hotel. Where is that space in the hotel? So it's just beneath the lobby. It's kind of a semi-flow in between. So it's, it's the floor just beneath the lobby, but we have one floor below that, which is where the Crystal Ballroom is. But it's in that in-between area. So it's a 201-seater cinema and a theater, which is a fantastic feature. It's very unique and at that scale as well. And what other type of events do you guys hold in that space? And you can actually rent it as well. So the Mayfair Theater is used for a variety of products. So private screenings is hugely popular with the entertainment sector. It's also great for AGMs or for product launches. It has the capacity and the capabilities to live stream in there as well. We have the high definition facilities within that cinema. And we partner, for example, with Netflix quite a bit for their private screenings and previews. One in particular was was a lot of fun because we had Robert De Niro in-house for it as well. This was for The Irishman. So we had the private screening that was to the press. And then each of the press interviews took place in one of the many suites at the hotel. The hotel has 400 rooms and 37 suites of which we have iconic signature suites. So that was another interesting event that took place at the hotel. But yes, corporate events, absolutely. The Mayfair Theatre is fantastic for that. That's great. So, you know, in addition to having a nice combination of standards, uh, rooms and suites, you guys also have some very unique experiences. And now something that caught my eye is this virtual concierge app called Edward. Can you talk about that? Because that's really groundbreaking in, in, in our industry. Absolutely. Especially in times like these when you need to have a lot of engagement, but also be, you need to be conscious about your surroundings. Edward has been around for a number of years There was a bit of controversy about the name. I would have preferred to have Edwina or Eddie, but we decided on Edward. I say that in jest. And and often I get asked, why is it called Edward? And I said, well, our parent company is Edwardian Hotels London, and hence the name Edward resonates pretty well with that. But it is artificial intelligence, AI. It's won recent awards as well, quite a few of them, for being sort of uh, completely and utterly forefronting the AI app for hotels. It's fantastic. It's a text-based, SMS-based tool. You can download it. You can engage with it a few days before your arrival, so much so that you can request your room. You can prepay 
whilst you're at the hotel, you can request anything from Edward. And what Edward cleverly does is it connects with the relevant departments to get that request to you as quickly and as swiftly as possible. Uh, Fantastic. And it's just a text-based. Absolutely, it is. So it is extremely easy to use. It's not complicated. And the beauty of it is it can handle, as of about a few months ago, over 1,600 questions, and it can translate into about 59 different languages. Great. Now, the Mayfair is in a great area of town. Personally, what are some of your favorite things in walking distance from the hotel that you can do? We did so much when we were there, and the Christmas shopping and the holiday shopping is so great right in that area. But what are some of your favorite things to do? Okay, so some that are a little bit off the beaten track. A lot of people who visit London or who haven't, but it's on their bucket list, they will have a list of things to do. But little gems around the Mayfair area is between Barlow Place and Hill Street. It's literally about a five to seven minute walk from the hotel is one of the oldest pubs in Mayfair and it's called The Coach and Horses. It's been there since 1744, I believe. It's quaint. It's a grade two listed building. So put that on your list next time you're in town, Andy. And then I don't know if you ever popped across from the Mayfair into Shepherd's Market. It's literally on the, at the back of the hotel, cute, quaint little area. And in there, it's again, there are a few galleries, you have pubs, there are a few restaurants. And if you walk along the little cobble streets, you will stumble onto Green Park, etc. And now I can't let you go without talking about afternoon tea and what people should do for afternoon tea. All right. We need to cover that. And since you're a local, you've been there for 25 years. I know the Mayfair has a great one. Tell us about that and maybe some other ones that you uh, would recommend. So, yes, we partner up with throughout the year, whether it's a cocktail, whether it's chocolates, whether it's something quite special. Generally, Mother's Day is pretty popular for afternoon tea at the hotel. But you shouldn't really have an excuse to have afternoon tea. You should just do it. <laughs> you just do it. You just do it. it. It has to be part of your agenda and itinerary when you're in London. But one of my favorites, a few, and I have to say my daughter takes after me. She loves afternoon tea. So um, Sketch, which is literally about a 10-minute walk from the Mayfair, that leads on to Regent Street. So it's, it's a stone's throw away from the hotel. And who can forget Fortnum and Mason's just up the road from the Mayfair? Well, Angie, I mean, the Mayfair is definitely something that everyone needs to put on their list when they come to London. How can listeners contact the Mayfair for booking events and where can they follow you guys on social media? So our handle is the Mayfair Hotel and it's the same as our hashtag. And any questions or any queries that any of your listeners may have, they can pop a message through to me, which is angie.kegel at the mayfairhotel.co.uk. Or they can pop it onto our website and have a look around. We have a virtual tour, which is great. It walks you through every section of the hotel, including the wonderful spa that we have, the private dining room, the terrace at the hotel, which are some extraordinary features that we have at the property. I can definitely send you the links so that, that we can have that published on the podcast as well. But visit the Mayfair Hotel and have a look around. If you have any questions, if you need any tips or advice, I'm here to help. Well, Angie, we look forward to seeing you. I look forward to being part of the actual display in front of the hotel during Fashion Week. And I don't know if anybody else wants to look at me, but it certainly would be a lot of fun. And we greatly appreciate all the great ideas you gave us today. And we look forward to uh, seeing you next time we're in London. Absolutely, Andy. I look forward to it too. And thank you so much for spending time with me this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, everyone, that wraps up London for us. It will probably be back many, many times because there's so much to do in this just historic and beautiful city. I want to thank Angie and all the great ideas she had from the London Fashion Week to the Film Festival to all the great suites that they have. She was just so fantastic with all the great ideas of what to do in and around the Mayfair Hotel. So thank you, Angie. We absolutely love London. Absolutely. And cannot wait to get back. So with that, we'd like to thank some very special people from our team. We'd like to thank Chris Jordan, our copywriter, Annie Fernandez, our creative director, and the fabulous Lauren Campbell, our podcast producer. So please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcast or by going to www.destination-everywhere.com. So we look forward to seeing you next time at our next destination on Destination Everywhere. Safe travels. You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit destination-everywhere.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list build show as we feature another travel-worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there.